have all my tabs open, but just have to text my wife. Only one more to go. Um, she has made mentioned uh, more than a few times that she hates podcast day. Hates podcast day. <laughs> Although, <clears throat> this will lead into our discussion on Away We Go. So, this has been one of her favorite for a podcast watches. Mm-hmm. And it did, I mean, that's a that's a pro for me in, in married life. Yep. The negative is I kept attacking slash scolding her for enjoying Away We Go so much because I'm like, you've seen this so, right? Like, I mean, is, uh, <laughs> you never watched this? Because she was responding to it as if with complete surprise and enthusiasm. Like, look at this gym that you brought to me. And then she expressed continued disdain for uh, film analysis online when I told her, like, hey, it's one of my picks because critically <laughs> it was not well liked. And that... You know, she just threw her hands up at our nonsense. Yeah, and it looks like, but it looks like a way we go. It's kind of in the middle, right? I don't think it was like 67. wild. Yeah, it's right so on the just, line for me. Just yep. under, yeah. 68 and below. That's that's the self-imposed uh, prison term I have for myself <laughs> on this podcast. What are we screw-ups? What do you mean? I mean, we're 34. 33? We don't even have this basic stuff figured out. We're not screw-ups. We have a cardboard window. Okay, we have news. We're leaving in June. The baby's due in July. To Antwerp in Belgium. You're moving 3,000 miles away from your grandchild. Well, I think it's more than 3,000, isn't it, Cherry? Oh, I think so. You know, we don't have to stay here. Well, where do we go? We agree we need to be near someone we know, so we could go anywhere we want. Wow. I have been searching all of my days. Now I'm wondering what we're doing. Did you look at the itinerary? I stapled it to the inside of your jacket. Many a road, you know. See? I've been walking on. Ah, look at you! You're so fat! Oh, good, I was almost out. Does this mean you guys will finally get married? I almost left Lowell about a dozen times. Kids don't know that. I have been quietly... What if something happens to one of us and just makes us go crazy? All we can do is be good for this one baby. We don't have control over much else. And my eyes confound me And it's just too bright What's wrong with strollers? I love my babies. Why would I want to push them away from me? As the days keep turning into night. Can I get in the stroller? Sweetheart, listen to your heart. I'll always love you. Even if it takes you months to lose this weight. Even if you're enormous. Go ahead and write that in stone. Your heart feels alright. I'm gonna do something about those ears. He looks like a trophy. I just don't think we should be talking about it right in front of the children. Oh, please. For it's just white noise to them. Listen, watch this. Taylor. 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 So, um. <laughs> Keep going on and on. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would have watched this with you because I, I did a podcast on this with uh, Hiro. Then we do mm. uh, Sober Cinema together. But I'm pretty sure he came on the old War Machine versus War Horse. So mm. you can find that episode on Trilogy in Theory. And she had no memory of it. We watched the movie. 
she finally downloads one of my podcasts, which that's that tells you how <laughs> much she enjoyed shit. where we go. Wow. And she got to listen to me talk about some of the insights she had into a way we go when I watched it years ago with her. And ah. it matched the same conversation and insight she provided this time around. And so yeah, then well, it just made her feel consistent. bad about herself because she was like, I have no memory of this. It's something I greatly enjoyed. <laughs> we had a long conversation about it. And then, but isn't that the dream? Like you enjoy a movie and people say it all the time yes. online. You could wipe it so you could experience it again for the first time. Yeah. That's what she has that ability all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she is living the dream. That's amazing. And on the other side, like I also watched this um, with my fiance, and this was a movie I was sure I had watched before, but I hadn't. Like I put it on, and I was like, "Nope, I absolutely have not seen this movie." And I had never logged it, so clearly I. But it, I think it was one of those movies I always meant to watch. Like it's you know it's a little indie comedy starring two actors I like a lot. So I was like, "Yeah, this looks like it was made for me," and of course I absolutely loved it. Like, and it just made me mad at people in the past who didn't like this. Like, I was like, what do you mean? Like, when you told me, like, people were like, oh, you, I think your words were like, yeah, this was a very uncool movie to like mm -hmm. when this first came out. And I was like, what, why though? And then I saw some reviews that like found the lead characters like judgmental. And I was like, do you, do you not know that people are garbage? Yeah, they are mm. judgmental, and they should be. Like, have you spent time with your own family? Have you spent time with your friends? Like, some of them suck, man, and some of them do dumb things. And then kids walk up and threaten to kill people, and, you know, like, yeah, those people deserve the to be The only judged. true test for friendship is if you're willing to host a podcast with them. So you force yourself to, to have conversations. <laughs> yeah, and over and over again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would agree with some of the – Criticism, I have one that I pulled up. This is from Time Out. It's dated November 17th, 2011. So I don't know if it was a new release review or they were, you know, posted it later or whatever. Because this film came out in summer 2009. Uh, Keith uh, Olick, I think I'm saying that right, uh, simply says, navel-gazing malarkey. I do like when malarkey is used. Thanks, um, Joe Biden. Really? <laughs> I <laughs> I wonder if Time Out likes that their, their film criticism is compared to Joe Biden's. <laughs> critiques on things um i don't necessarily agree or disagree i guess with the fact that it is navel gazing i think though you could apply that to 80 percent of probably works of art especially when you're focused on you know lead characters um mm -hmm. i think most people uh probably i don't think it's being selfish to say that you are hyper focused on your own life more so than, yeah. than others uh, you have access to it for one to all, <laughs> all the time and, despair and trauma all of that um and especially in a film um these two characters are i think they're early to mid 30s i think like they're mm -hmm. established but not established enough in their life or that that feeling that we should be further along than this uh they get you know the premise is they get a reset button because they're they, they get pregnant and the assumption is with his parents living close by um that they should just stay this will be better financially just from a practical sense and this is what people do right they're going to be grandparents that mm -hmm. want to be involved uh greatest grandparents in the world and that they're like <laughs> nope we want to move out of the country and we've always wanted to do that so a baby's not going to stop it <laughs> and you know what the baby Love will it. still be around <laughs> we'll see it every few years whatever um i do remember having on that you know if you want to check out the trilogy and theory feed find that episode uh Hiro was also not a fan of our two lead characters he 
uh, felt like their complaints were not something to listen to because the situation, very particular situation they find themselves in, I feel like there's going to be a uh, an unrest with middle-aged people, uh, a mm-hmm. wanderlust, where there's probably some jealousy that rears its head. Mm-hmm. And I think these reviews that they take this possibly you know negative and turn it to positive of like, well, if we're not tied to anything, uh, where could we go? Like, where do we want our family base to be? And what is that life? Like, we get a preview of what it could look like. Now, I think it's unfair if you assume these characters are like, oh, we met up with um, some nutters in Arizona and our family is going to turn out just like that. I don't think that's what the characters are making an assessment of. I don't think they're auditioning people to say, we want to copy your family aesthetic going forward. No, they're trying to find home. They're trying to find a community. And like, do like these are the only people I know there. So I'm going to be spending time with them. So I got to figure out if that's going to be worth uprooting my life and making this. That's the only flaw in the movie for me is that if I'm in that situation, unfortunately for my wife, uh, as soon as I meet drunk Alice and Janney, I'm like, well, this is it. This is the life I always We're imagined here, for baby. myself. <laughs> First stop. God, Alice and Janney is so good. <laughs> like, just so. I love that that is an Oscar winner. Uh, Alice and Janney, Oscar winner. God bless. Like, every once in a while, they make a good call. Um, it, this will be, I, I feel like I watched it at the right time. Because, um, like, I, I mean, if you've been a longtime listener to Mike and my podcast, you would know that. For, you know, 40 years of my life, I lived in California. And then after my divorce made the decision and after my father's death made the decision to move across the country. And I had like I didn't have choices like this. Right. I didn't like travel across the country and figure out all the people I knew. But I had to think about, okay, um, if I'm going to move. I'm going to uproot my entire life. I'm not going to have family around. I'm not going to have friends from California around where what are my choices? Where do I go that can become home? And that's why I chose Lexington, Kentucky for two reasons. One, honestly, if you don't like that I'm in Lexington, you have Mike to blame because the first time I came here was for his wedding, <laughs> um, which he very kindly invited me to when we were kind of the beginnings of our friendship. And it was it was a really lovely gesture. And I came out here and I realized it actually, minus the diversity issue, it did feel a little bit like home because I was born and raised in a college town in Santa Clara, California, and Lexington is very much a college town. And I was like, oh, this works. And then I realized I had a community already built in, of all places, Lexington, Kentucky. And home is what you make it. Home is the people that are around you. It's not a place. It's not a building. So I watched this and I was I was really touched by this, like this exploration of what it means to go home and to have people around you and to have support. Uh, and it's a little different, right? Because they moved with each other and they, they're starting a family. So there's extra layers to it. And like I, by the end of this movie, when they go back to essentially like her family's place that is now empty and devoid and make the decision to build something out of like build life out of death. Essentially, I was very touched by that, very moved by that. I thought this was wonderful. Like, this is a movie, I think, that is going to go into heavy rotation at my house. I liked it a lot. And I was expecting it just to be quirky and funny. And it's, you know, it's got two actors I really like. And I like Sam Mendes as a director. And I was like, okay, this will be fun. But I was like, I was very, uh, very emotional by, by the end of Away We Go. And I honestly think that 
there's probably a lot of jealousy. And then, like, I look at some of, and granted, these are little blurbs, negative blurbs. And I, we've talked about this a lot on this show. Sometimes it's okay for a movie just to be nice and just to be sweet and just to be heartwarming. Like, like so Peter Martin from Esquire magazine, uh, it glorifies a tepid response to tough circumstances set to indie music, which is kind of nauseating, but adorable. Like, it's still adorable. It's still sweet. And the Deborah Ross of The Spectator. It's sweet, I suppose, but it's also oddly inconsequential, fake, and annoying. Like, it's just like, yeah, but you started this by saying it's sweet. It's nice. And that is exactly, I think that's what this movie is going for. It's not looking to change the world. It's not looking to, like, make you really think about your life choices. But it is telling a sweet story and figuring out what comes next for people that in different ways are lost. He's lost in his career and she's lost because she lost her father. And she's trying to figure out where family fits in for her, especially now that she's pregnant. And I think by the end of the movie, they figure that out enough to move forward. I love the fact that it's not resolved in a way that's like, yes, this is the right choice. I think the end of the movie is like, do you think we could do this? And she says, I hope so. Like that's, that's the end is I hope that this works. And when you make a large move like this, that is what you're doing. You're putting your fate in the hands of hope. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's beautiful. Let me attack Dave's two choices for this, this album on mothers. Um, first off, um, it's not Sophie's choice as far as the, the, uh, the gravity here is not just right, pulling right. these characters to their, their doom and peril uh, because of prior experiences. There is a choice here on how things could go and it could, you know, play out for the worst. I think probably one of the more interesting, um, you know, friendships in their social circle that they go to meet is in Montreal where you have a couple that mm. on the face of it, have this very warm, inviting home and they, they have it all. Uh, they're fostering or adopting these children from, you know, various backgrounds and <laughs> the and Benetton they, you know, commercial of children, like just yeah. the yes. rainbow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, it's, it's revealed that, um, you know, it's, it's very important for, for them, uh, to, carried a term like their their child mm. through pregnancy and that's not happened for them she's had uh, i think that point is it like four miscarriages something it's yeah you know, hor horrific to hear about um i don't think that it's framed in a way that our two characters here played by john krasinski and maya rudolph are supposed to look at that as like Ugh, i don't want to be around sad people like you, it's they're not auditioning these places or friendships as a theme park. You know, make it feel like a resort for the rest of my life. I want my child to not have to deal. Like you mentioned that one review where it's like, let's run away from anything bad. Uh, I don't think that's the the case at all. Because um, if anything, in their relationship, and one thing I think my wife really gravitated towards is they do have different, not perspectives, but they have different personas they take on as far as how they deal with. Uh, their own grievances and annoyances. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that John Krasinski is probably playing a more typical man uh, that you see him either. He sort of goes along with the good old boys, like he's in insurance and they only really know him on the phone. So he gets to play <laughs> these different personas that don't really match his own sensibilities. Uh, and later on in the film with his brother, and it looks like his marriage is falling apart and they come in to assist um, he immediately starts getting on the phone, uh, basically harassing uh, this uh, wife that has uh, left his brother and her child at home. And he's just calling them, asking, where is she? Like a, a really Sam Mendez version of Gone Girl uh, with David <laughs> yes, yes. riding. Like, <laughs> yes. He does it on a trampoline, by the way. But 
I don't think that because it's not you know about the Holocaust that uh, this is like trite or inconsequential. I, yeah. I think that it would be a very valid concern that if you have two people who do love each other but don't feel like their life, even the one that they share together and won't share together, has turned out the way they expected, I don't think that we should chide them for seeing if they could improve upon that in some way. Like, right. is there something we could do differently that they could give to our child and give to them? I don't, I don't agree with that. And to kind of throw shade at maybe the responses, the different responses we get to something like this was a focus feature release, but it was in the summer, you know, it's a little indie thing, but I, I still think this is like basically a pop song of a movie. Like I don't, mm. you know, I think, um, in the uh, music world, someone like Taylor Swift, 10, 15 years ago, probably would have been made fun of. It's like, oh, you don't like you don't like real music. And it's been right. interesting how that has shifted to where pop music is now considered just as much of an art form as anything else. Yep. I don't think that's traveled to movies. And you look at something like Parallel Mothers, which, yes, with this excavation of this like mass grave that they're digging up, there's definitely heavier and there's a child death in that movie. However, you can very easily see... Pedro Almodovar making Away We Go. And oh, totally. It's a Spanish film. I do think the response would be somewhat Absolutely. different as far as these zany Absolutely. characters they meet along the way. There's something <laughs> weird about American audiences or maybe just American filmmaking where it's like if we are silly in some way, and maybe Mamma Mia is an example of that, the way the critics respond to that. If we are silly, this is lesser than. Like right. we can't be zany, right. but Europeans can be, and it can be an art form. I don't know where mm -hmm. that that started, considering you know the entire industry is based on the backs of like you know Preston Surges or Charlie Chaplin. I don't know where the silliness right. uh, became right. discounted. Yeah, no, totally agree. And you know, you brought up the the plot line about the miscarriages, and like low key, I think Chris Messina and Melanie Melanie Linsky give the best performances in this. Movie. Oh, I love love They're, how that's. That's God, difficult, they're right? so good. It's difficult information to relay without it feeling like a movie moment. God, I mean, just that scene where he whispers to Krasinski's character, like, what's really going on, is heartbreaking. Uh, it's not that those guys were enjoyable. No. Plenty of girls coming, I swear. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> now there's girls coming. Where's Rona? I think she's in the bathroom. Where's Mudge? I have no fucking idea. Uh-oh. Fourteen-year-olds get pregnant without trying. 
uncomfortable feeling this helpless, man. He just watched his babies grow and then... On a stripper stage. <laughs> like, it is so awkward and so painful. And it's just a beautiful performance. And it show, and it's in direct opposition to maybe the funniest bits in the movie, which involved Maggie Gyllenhaal. And not necessarily her, but John Krasinski's explosion, when he finally has just had enough, is maybe the highlight of the movie you're to me. You're a horrible person. <laughs> just like, you're the worst! Like, it's just, God, get me out of here. Like, I cannot deal with you. I cannot deal with your judgment. The whole thing with the stroller, like that stuff all really works. Like the comedy there really works. And I think you, and that sequence is zany and ridiculous and over the top, but you kind of need it because otherwise I think the movie's a little too slow and a little too dour and a little too like, let's think about this decision we're making. So you need these moments of like, okay, clearly we have to leave here. Like we cannot be around this crazy person and their life any longer. The Madison sequences with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and the, the great Josh Hamilton as Roderick, who is <laughs> who incredible, plays one of the best fathers of all time for for my money in eighth grade. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. Is one of the yeah. worst in Away We Go <laughs> yes, with his yes. <laughs> long hair and his disdain Ugh. for having a job or strollers or. Um, Look, the problem with these characters is they are the most one note. I even, you know, comparing them to uh, Allison Janney, who likes to drink and overshares. Uh, she <laughs> kisses John Krasinski, like, as soon as <laughs> his amazing. wife walks away. As You know, she has no sort of self-control. However, she is far more honest about her yeah. failings and her marriage's failings. Uh, the way she's pitching, like, yes, come move here so I can have a drinking buddy. Uh, but our marriage is that great. I cannot I hang out with Jim Gaffigan any longer. <laughs> you know, I kind of low key hate my kids. I don't really understand them, and you know, their disappointments. I'm a disappointment. Uh, I would say that's why the Madison segment with Maggie Gyllenhaal and her family is most one note because those characters don't even allow or entertain the notion that they've ever made a wrong decision. They've right. been so they're so justifiable in their their rightness on how to live the world. Um, that they don't see themselves as outliers. That's, you know, that's that's probably I, – I could see a lot of the criticisms if you just framed it with that particular segment. I would probably agree with you. However, having met some people like that, I'm not going to take too much issue with hopefully them seeing themselves on the screen and be like, <laughs> oh, am I, am I an asshole like that? that? Yes, 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 you, you are. are. <laughs> uh, I also want to uh, mention that uh, Paul Schneider is one of my like sort of favorite, I guess, supporting actors out there. I, I love uh, all the real girls from 2003. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. Yeah. And 
I, I really like his character as well. The way he handles that his wife has left him and he has this oh, uh, yeah. little speech that he gives about, you know, he shows the, the school pictures for like the, you know, the, the yearbook that year. And initially John Krasinski is like, Oh, you know, she's cute. cute. And he's like, wait, what is that? What's that on her lip? And that's the conversation that his brother's been waiting to have as far as like, like we're only like mere days into this. And I'm going to, I'm looking ahead to see all the ways that my daughter's life will be lesser, how she'll be framed as someone who was abandoned and discarded by her mother. No matter how good I am, I'm not good enough. And I, I have a hard time seeing how people attack these problems as trite or inconsequential. Um, I don't know. Do you, is it because our two lead characters are like just passing through? All the segments, like, would would it have been different if they just went to visit his brother and some of the other characters in the town live there and they run into him? Because I don't understand this whole, like, running away from things. In fact, in that sequence, they're running to help a right. family member who's going through something. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, she wakes up hearing this phone call and he's like, we're going now. I have to help my brother. Like, he is admittedly is, having the phone conversation underneath the bed. So he is a little yes. bit of a zany character. He's, a, you know, he's a funny guy. And I, John you know... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, maze. They found a bed big enough for him to be under without his feet sticking out. That is right. that's impressive on its own. But I think there. it's interesting. Yes, <laughs> it's like the anti-Hobbit. Yes, um, <laughs> I I think it's interesting. Critics have have this idea that like, oh, we need independent film, and you know, big budget film is killing cinema. Blah blah blah. And then when you get an indie film like this, which is heightened in some ways and cast two actors that are indie cool they tend to like they they revolt from it they're like no no not like this we don't we don't want it like this it's actually similar to sometimes the reaction um that uh wes anderson gets where it's just kind of like oh well that's a very wes anderson movie like yeah he fucking directed it what did you expect was gonna happen here so it's like there's a lot of like well we want something different oh but not like that we don't we don't we don't want it like that and they get really judgy and i think it it's misreading the movie to think that these characters are removed what they're doing one is figuring out what home is and figuring out what kind of parent they're gonna be and how to avoid the pitfalls that every parent can go through and i think if anything like, if I were to make any change to the movie, I might make that last sequence with them on the trampoline a little shorter. Like, I feel like it goes too long. Like, all the things we're going to do and all the promises we're making to each other. Like, I feel like you could do that a little bit more efficiently. And it does come off a little bit like we're going to create the perfect thing. But it's it's framed in not just fear, but like debilitating, terrifying fear that I am somehow not good enough and Without my partner, I can't possibly do this. So I need them to be here. Like, I need you to be alive and I need you to be here and I need you to be present. Otherwise, there is no hope of our child turning out as good as they could. And that's a realistic thought process for young parents to go through, especially young parents that are not solidified in their jobs and they don't know where they're going to live and they don't have familial support for two very different reasons. That's a lot to take on. And I think to judge this movie and to be like, oh, well, they're just too cool for it and removed. I think you absolutely missed. Like, did you listen to the dialogue in this movie? Neither one of them. I mean, there's a whole sequence where she's like, are we fuck ups? Like, are we the fuck ups? Like, are are, are we ever going to get this right? 
And that's totally understandable for a 30-something in general, but especially a 30-something who's about to have a child. Like, all this stuff makes perfect sense to me, and I think I think if you think this is trite, then you're focusing too much on the Maggie Gyllenhaal stuff and not enough on the Melanie Linsky stuff and the going to help his brother stuff. Like, these are connected people, and they're just trying to figure out how to make it in the world together. It's It's got to be difficult to make a film about messy characters which i i do think mm-hmm. rudolph and krasinski are playing that like they, yeah. they declare themselves as they're sort of a, a mess not really a rut but they've just let their lives <laughs> like just sort of get away from them which i don't know if the film ever really counters that point by saying like um i mean are you happy with this like yeah you're not <laughs> and uh, you know when they get to compare themselves i guess to others they they see the the problems sort of beneath the the facade the front um, but how do you have like a perfectly smooth, uh, sort of well thought out thesis for a film about people searching just in, in the flux? Like I remember Mad Men getting some complaints, which that's pretty much what that, that series is about is the Don Draper character trying to, to find, you know, that, that stability that he never had. And he's incapable of really contributing to that stability uh, because mm-hmm. he he doesn't have the skill set for it, but there was complaints like, well, it's starting to meander a little bit, and you know, what's he doing? And Don Draper, like, uh, it's like they they want to introduce a complex complex thought, complex situation for this character, and then it's like, all right, tie it up real fast. Now, obviously, the difference between a television series and a movie is there's probably less. You can't you can't have these characters meander for too much, so you have to say this is the Tucson moment, this is Madison, this is Montreal. That's the framing device. But I don't know if I would want this subject matter, these two characters handled in the cleanest possible fashion where I'm like, boy, every scene, yeah. every bit of that was perfect. Every decision was perfect. Well, if you if you do that, I guarantee you all the critics will be like, well, this was way too easy. Life isn't really like this. It's too clean and polished. There should be a little bit more mess. And then you make a movie with mess and it's like, well, they're looking down their nose at people like, oh, <laughs> you know what? Like, <laughs> fucking pick one, will you? <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> Do you, so do you think that the movie's looking down their nose at anyone? Because even the parents, Jeff Daniels and Catherine O'Hara, so yeah, great. they're they're painted like they're kind of letting their child and future grandchild to hold the bag. I don't disagree with them, though. It's like, hey, we've led a life like you all could have had a kid 10 years ago if you got your shit together or whatever. <laughs> hey, we're not going to stop what we're doing. I don't feel like the film is saying they're in the wrong. It puts our no. leads in a little bit of a, a fix. A bind. But it turns yeah. out okay mm-hmm. for them. It's pretty yep. quick that they're like, hey, we can get on the road. Let's go tour the country. I don't right. think I love the Maggie reaction. Gyllenhaal, yeah, yeah. That That's the character they really, really looked down their nose. Yeah, I can't really defend <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, you can't. Um, but, like, I agree with you as far as the grandparents. When I first watched it, like, that first sequence, I was like, geez, that sucks. And then you realize you've just been offered this opportunity to choose what your life is going to be and where it's going to be. You're not limited anymore. You can figure it out now. And that, you know, you shouldn't, I don't think you should base where you're going to live just on where your parents lived. Like if you feel like you'd be happier elsewhere and you have the means to do it, because it is not cheap, let me tell you, to move across the country. But if you have the means to do it, then yeah, you should build your own life. Your job, especially as a soon-to-be parent, is to create the best possible life for your child. 
And should it just be because the grandparents are there? Okay, well, now they've taken that away from you. So now you got to figure it out. You got to stand on your own two feet or four feet in this case with these two people and figure out what do we want our life to be like and what does it look like? And what a freeing, amazing proposition to figure out. And I think everywhere they go, they learn something. Right. They are taking those people with them, even if they end up in Florida, they are taking all those experiences with them and figuring out what to do and what not to do. And that's kind of beautiful. That's how we wrap up every episode this month, Dave. Where do you stop? Where do you live? All the choices. That's been the sub theme. You know, it's all about uh, mothers and the choices they've made every episode we've done this month. So you have made some bad decisions. (laughs) You chose not to fuck Pierce Brosnan. Uh, but yeah, now yeah. I'm, I want to know if you're going to choose correctly. I've already out of myself as far as it's a one-stop tour. We cancel the tour after we get to, uh, Phoenix. I believe it's, is it Tucson or Phoenix? I get it confused. Which one of the sister lives in Tucson. I think, I think it's Tucson. All right. So shout out to Chris Maynard with the, the freak shows <laughs> at, at the dog track. That's where he is. <laughs> company. Um, I've already said, Hey, uh, yeah, they're kind of annoying. But, you know, if you need to blow off some steam after work, not too bad to, to have them in my back pocket. Sure. What about you? Do you make? Do you leave Montreal? That's what I'm assuming Madison's no count. We're not stopping there. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I'd leave Montreal. I think that's the that's the place I would stay. I think, like, yeah, you've got friends who are going through some things, but you can also help out your friends, and you have people to hang out with, and a fun nightlife, and an actual city uh, instead of I don't know living in the marshes in Florida where they end up. It's a nice. I think it's a well crafted ending, but I probably never leave Montreal. Also, healthcare. So that would be good. <laughs> Could go to Canada and get some healthcare. And we were wrong, Dave. It is it is Phoenix where Allison Janney mm. uh, lives. So maybe we're right in saying Tucson, close enough to Allison Janney within driving. Yeah. Distance. See, yeah. No, if I ever needed a party, could yeah. drive in there. <laughs> no, no Seinfeld drop-ins there. And also, if I'm John Krasinski, live close to. Uh, your partner's sister who adores you and repeatedly says, you got it right, sis. You got a good one. Yeah. Have, you know, yeah. have that, that. Yeah. That have her constantly there. telling her like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Absolutely whenever agree. he's a, uh, you make the mistake of telling your significant other that uh, their vagina smells or tastes funny. Have the sister yeah. defend you. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, but he's a good guy. He's tall. He's nice. It's fine. I mean, he was doing it, so, you know. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I just want to say, like, like I like the direction that our show has taken the last couple of months with having these themes. Like, this was... This was a nice wide variety of stories about mothers, some of them just starting to become mothers, some of them have been mothers for a long time. We had different with different genres. We had a little Meryl Streep double feature in there. It was it was good. <laughs> very we, different. Very Yeah, different very, very. <laughs> Do we know what we're gonna what our theme's gonna be for next month? Have we have we decided that? We did decide, uh pre if you listen to uh the Sophie's show, choice episode, um you know, eventually there'll be some sort of weird Deborah Winger and Hathaway <laughs> <laughs> mashup month. Uh, but we have decided on a summer staycation for our next album. So uh, you're up first because I guess we're just going to do the alternating uh, bits here. And it's going to be a first time uh, watch for me. You have selected the classic The Seven Year Itch to start the staycation mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah. Um, going way back. This has got to be, is this, this is one of the older movies that, that we've picked for this. I mean, I've probably done some older ones with the, when we were on our like lists of like, you know, AFI. Mm-hmm. We like started with we, the apartment. So I'm trying yeah. to think, did we go pre-1960? I don't uh, Well, was, um, cause we did, uh, the, the longing movie at the, the train station, uh, Brief Encounter? Brief Encounter. That's got to be pre-1960, yeah. right? So, yeah. Sure. So we've done, we've done a couple. Old. I think it's like Everyone's 54. old and dead. That's right. <laughs> and not having sex. This is bullshit. <laughs> I was but now, say, we get, you... now we get to a sex symbol. We get to Marilyn Monroe. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> you've, you've provided for me a uh, beautiful blonde. And the only thing I can uh, – 1955. So there we go. Okay. And into the 50s. Uh, Billy Wilder, who I always want to do on our prior show, a podcast directed by, uh, I think that was like from the second month, and I was like, you ah. John Ford, and I never forgave you, even though I liked more John Ford. <laughs> yeah, than you I liked expected. most of it, and you were still like, yeah, not Billy Wilder, though. Because I'm watching Marilyn Monroe, though. Uh, yes, the only thing I hold against you as as of today, I mean, this can change when the episode's <laughs> yeah, released. In five minutes, totally different, but right now... Uh, it's not currently streaming, but it is available mm-hmm. for rent and purchase uh, digitally. This has not uh, disappeared off the face of the planet. Well, don't blame me. Blame places like Netflix who will refuse to put older movies on their services. Mm. Instead, we got to have, you know, some, you know, Love is Blind season nine reveal show. But we can't have a movie from pre-1972. You know things will have gotten bad when uh, one month we announce, all right, Love is Blind is the theme this month. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Episode recaps. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's fine. Trash, I guess. I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, I don't know who is the – I don't know who this uh, other actor is. It's not Jack Lemmon, so it's just going to be an all Marilyn Monroe fest uh, for me. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, hopefully there's no complaints for this. I don't know. With a 1955 film, I'm sure we can find some very recent reviews that say, <laughs> actually, Dave, this is a trash selection. Yes. But this would it's... be going back into the classics section. Uh, and not just for 2021 sure. classics like <laughs> Parallel Mothers. <laughs> right, right. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Or the Batman. Oh, the God. <laughs> you ruin everything. That's terrible. <laughs> We have we each have co-hosts that have now seen that close to double digits already, and it just came out in March. But your co-host shows up, so Co- shows up in edits. Yeah, Man. boy, you hit the fucking jackpot there. It is erotic. <laughs>
you just love the picture? I did. But I just felt so sorry for the creature. At the end. Sorry for the creature? Why'd you want him to marry the girl? He was kind of scary looking. But he wasn't really all bad. I think he just craved a little affection. You know, a sense of being loved and needed and wanted. That's a very interesting point of view. <laughs> oh, do you feel the breeze from the Segway? Isn't it delicious? Sort of cools the ankles, doesn't it? Well, what do you think would be fun to do now? I don't know. It's getting pretty late. It's not that late.